Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. I think this next interview uh, is, is a first for me, not in the sense of the interview, but in the film that, uh, that, that we're going to be talking about. The film is uh, NZ, uh, or Ever After, uh, played at the Toronto International Film Festival this year, world premiere, and we had the pleasure, or I had the pleasure of talking with the director, Carolina Hillsgard about this, you know, as, as Tiffusing, this chilling second feature. Uh, it's a zombie film. I, I, this is a first for me, and, and boy am I glad I dove in. It's, it's a beautiful film. The cinematography is stunning. Uh, it, is, it is gorgeous uh, to watch, and it's also incredibly uh, thoughtful and deeply uh, reflective. This is a, an environmental film. This is a film, actually, that ultimately has a deep faith in humanity. Uh, and as I think one of the characters even says in the film, and Caroline and I spoke about this a little bit, but this is this is a film, that, a zombie film that has a positive view of the apocalypse. How cool is that? A plague has descended on the earth and only two cities survive. This is what the film uh, is all about. You're going to want to do a little bit of research uh, on on this film, and uh, it's it's kind of a near future zombie apocalypse film. And maybe who knows? Maybe that's even a uh, a genre of a particular sort. But lots going on. Uh, never feels preachy, but has a um, a powerful punch that's uh, connected to it. Do do a little bit of research. Go go in deep and and take my word for it. You're going to enjoy this film. Stay tuned for the interview coming right up with Carolina Hill about her new film Ever After. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my speaking and my writing. And also, uh, if you would like to... Oh, and face-to-face live, of course, .ca for, for a whole host of other uh, interviews uh, from the festival this year. We've got a few authors coming up in the near future. Stay tuned for that. And if you want to support the work that I'm doing, if, you, if you're getting... if you're you know, encouraged by it. If you're 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 getting into it, please consider doing that through Patreon.com. You can do that there, and also if you can't afford to do that, I, I'm going to ask you if you wouldn't mind leaving a review for us on iTunes. We I would certainly appreciate it here at Face to Face. Coming right up, Caroline Hellsgard and her new film, Ever After.
Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by another uh, very special guest here today at the Toronto International Film Festival who has just admitted to me that she's a little tired. So we're going to do what we can <laughs> to change that. We've ordered some coffee, I think. There's a tray of fruit arriving or something. Yeah. And anyway, that's all lies, by the way, folks. Carolina Helsgard is here with us today, uh, feeling a little jet lagged and uh, but eager to talk, I hope, about her new film, uh, well, ever after, but really it's Enzite, or Enzite is the... Enzite. Yeah, so can, why don't we just dive right in, and, and hello, and welcome to Toronto, and thank you for coming, yeah. and congratulations on the film. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful zombie film. How's that? Yeah, it's a gorgeous film. Sounds good. It's Sounds a good. gorgeous yeah. film. I, this is not my genre. This is not my genre. This is, okay. I'm not a horror guy, but I was, uh, I was in. I was in from the beginning uh, for a whole lot of reasons, and I hope we can, I hope we can talk about some of that. But tell us about the, the, the second title, Ever After, mm-hmm. but the actual translation is End, end of Time. Yeah. First of all, like, thanks for inviting me. Um, oh, you're, yeah. I'm really happy to Thrilled be here. Thrilled to meet although you. Although, <laughs> get coffee or fruits, plate. But, uh, <laughs> That's right. Well, let's hope it arrives. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, End Sight, uh, which is like the German title, um, the translation of that would be End of Times. And um, the production company decided to add Ever After to the German title. So the whole title is actually End Sight, Ever After. Oh, that's the whole title. And it, I think it refers to uh, the rela- like relationship between the two protagonists. Right. Yeah. Is there any happily ever after there? Is that sort of? Well, what, I don't want to take. Any... I don't want to uh, say too much about yeah. the ending, but sure. I do. I mean, I have like a kind of a positive outlook on the apocalypse. So, <laughs> which is well, and that kind which of... is very anti-Scandinavian because no Scandinavian. I'm from Sweden. Okay. And most of them are quite uh, quite pessimistic. Quite cynical. Quite pessimistic. Yeah. yeah. And I was there this summer, and it hasn't rained for several months in Sweden, and there was it was like really an apocalyptic feeling to it. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. There, you really do create a, a marvelous kind of dystopic sort of tension there, just even with the, 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 the... There's a real simplicity to it. And I guess it's the cinematography as well, but it's just, it's again, it's stunning. It's a gorgeous film. Uh, but there's a line, I'm just... I'm, I can't remember, the, but there's in the film where... Uh, and I don't know if it was Eva or Vivi who said, there's an upside to the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, you get to see more stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the, the thoughts. But, but is... So, so, so are you a hopeful cynic? Is that... <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we do have to change our ways of existing in this world. Uh, we have like obviously some environmental issues going on, and I think we just have to find new ways. But I'm, I'm sure we will because I think I have I have faith in hmm. humanity, although it looks dark at times. But I still believe that we will be able to to coexist in some new ways. I think we have to, actually. I think we cannot go on living like this for another 50 years. Um, You know, any great film, it seems to me, is layered and has different stories to tell and there's usually different interpretations and, and, and so on and subtleties. Was this... I was really surprised in a really good way by the environmental edge to the film is that is that typical to the genre i mean i'm not like i said it's i haven't seen i've seen a few zombie films some mm-hmm. of the classics of course and i think mark forrester's world war z uh, but 
Yeah, is it is that typical? I think I think most zombie films have like another level. Sure. Like a metaphoric level. Some sort of them. level. Yeah. And that's why I mean that's why I wanted to I'm not like afraid of this genre because I, I really like that. And I was for instance very fascinated by like the theme or topic of guilt. That's what drew me to the script. That's what I liked about it, that um, both protagonists feel really guilty about things that they have done. And they have to kind of deal with that in different ways. And uh, I think uh, that's a very human quality. And a lot of us have some kind of guilt. And especially if you come, you know, I've been living in Germany for like the last 17 years. And um, this guilt aspect is also very a very specific thing in Germany. So, uh, do you mean uh, do you mean sort of individual, or do you mean more of a, a collective kind? Also, of like a collective guilt. I think in Endzeit, um, there is. I mean, the zombies do symbolize like a collective guilt in regards to um, the environment and how we live. And, and, and how we live. Yeah. It's it's pretty clear that, uh, well, there's a line, I guess, I called her the gardener, mm-hmm. uh, one of the characters, and, and we don't, I guess we don't want to give too much away for people mm-hmm. who may not have seen the film, but um, I think she makes a comment about how, you know, mankind or humankind was given this gift, and this was my takeaway, uh, given this gift and, 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 and has been here for such a short time. Mm. And it really that really struck with uh, stuck with me. Mm-hmm. The the uh, the that as not only as a, a statement about where we might be going, but also about how we've kind of been misbehaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Considering this like short time, I mean, if you look at the whole evolution, I think mankind is just like a like a one second or something. I don't know. Right. It's like, right. It's yeah, like, it's a, a blip, on, a the, blip. Sc- on the screen. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think the film. I mean, I hope that the film says something about that. And um, there are different, many different parts to this film. I mean, there's also like the friendship, which is kind of at its core. Sure. The core sure. story. And Would these uh, two women have become friends without the apocalypse, or did that drive them together? <laughs> I don't think so because I, mm. I, I think uh, Eve or Eva, as you would say in German. Um, I mean, initially she finds Vivi really annoying. Um, <laughs> right. I kind of I can understand that she is uh, kind of annoying and is like weak and helpless, and she kind of Vivi kind of stumbles through life and is not even sure about life. Actually, she's not even sure if she wants to live right, or not. Right. And uh, I think that Eve would, I mean, no, she would probably not have spent a lot of time with Vivi if they wouldn't have been in this like setting. And there's this, there's a really lovely moment too mm-hmm. where it seems like they're, they're both getting on each other's nerves, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, uh, for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty stressful time, no doubt. And I don't think, is it, she hasn't been out of the house in two years. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, since yeah. since yeah. the whatever it is that descended, the plague that descends, yeah. she hasn't left the house. And that's pretty interesting for a whole lot of reasons. But but it's an act of generosity where she fixes her 
the broken camera mm-hmm. that yeah, yeah, seems yeah. to sort of take us there's to a shift there. there's a shift yeah. and then the medication and mm-hmm. throwing it away as mm-hmm. if I'm I'm concerned about you mm-hmm. you know I care about you all mm-hmm. of a sudden um, is that how how much of um, go wherever you want with this but it, it, what about autobiography for you as a filmmaker? How much of you makes it in? I mean, is that a is that a mirror of a friendship that you had? Or <laughs> I mean, again, the um, the story was written by Olivia Feeling, and I of course like developed it with her. Right. And, but the ideas are all uh, Olivia's all, ideas. Right. But of course, you have. I mean, I do have a lot of friendships, and I, I'm I actually also have some more difficult friendships. And I'm using, of course, my own experiences in creating these characters. Sure, so sure. what I would say um, is specific about these two people, at least in the beginning, is that they are using each other in a way. Right, right. Uh, which is, I'm actually making a new feature film in four weeks. We're going to start shooting it. Wow. And there's a similar friendship going on there but between completely different protagonists but they, there is an element of yeah using each other and i think for me that's very fascinating like how you can use another person but then at a certain point it shifts and it becomes something more like maybe even some kind of love i would say mm-hmm. and that really that kind of journey is very fascinating to me because i think most people do depend on other people to a certain extent and it's kind of how people are. I every, mean. every, every is. Uh, I mean, I think every great relationship there's give and take, right? Every, exactly. Every great, every great conversation, you sometimes you step back, you listen, you you reflect, and you ask a new question. Or, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm not afraid of showing people where they're probably not the most the best version of themselves. Right. I think right. that's pretty interesting. Well, and isn't it interesting too in a zombie film? Imagine if we were thrown into this mm-hmm. tomorrow. You know, there's a great film. I, I had the fortune of good fortune of interviewing Don McKellar this morning, and he made a film last night in 1999. It was kind of an end of the world film again, mm-hmm. apocalyptic, oh, okay. cool. beautiful film, one of my favorites actually. And it has this this gorgeous ending, like by the way, your film. I, I love the film here, your, the, the ending of your film. It's just it's beautiful. It's it's hopeful. How could you be cynical? You know, <laughs> after seeing the ending of the film, and that's all I'm going to say about it. But but how would we behave? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of the tagline for the film for last night was there's only uh, six hours left, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What would you do? Mm-hmm. You know, how would you treat others? Yeah. You know, uh, would you look out for others? Would you mm-hmm. just save yourself? Yeah. You know, what was the line? Only the asshole survives? Yeah. Wasn't that the line yeah, from yeah, the film? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's true. And I, yeah, I think most people, they are kind of egoistic and that's just the way we are. Like, and then if you want to have some moral qualities or actions I think you actually do have to um, yeah make an effort yeah you have to step yeah. you have to step it's not, into it yeah it's not something we have like naturally you know, although we like raised in this kind of uh, culture I think it's still something that we have to consciously choose under certain extreme circumstances and you can see that, I mean you can read about it like you know when there is like an awful catastrophe, like a ship sinking. And who are the survivors? The survivors are the people that actually climb onto other people, like they made their way by right. yeah, pushing other people down. 
and they have extreme guilt feelings. Um, I've been reading a lot and I've been researching a lot before I shot this film, and it is it's 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 really sad and it's but it's also fascinating. Um, what do they call it? Survivor survivor yeah. guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, yeah, because they have most of them have to take extreme measures to actually survive. And yeah, well, you know, it's interesting you bring up choice, and I couldn't mm. help but uh, you know, having studied philosophy for years and mm -hmm. read quite a bit of modern existentialism, uh, you know, the Germans and the French were mm -hmm. were very good at it, yeah, uh, and a few of the English too, I suppose, but uh, and lots of others. But I studied a lot of you know Heidegger and Nietzsche and and Simone de Beauvoir and so on. There's a profoundly and deeply existential edge to your film. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how intentional that was for you as the... And I, and I think it's interesting, too, what you said about how it was uh, someone else's story but my film. And yet there's probably... You, that line blurs, right, mm -hmm. from time to time, yeah, right? I would, I would imagine, yeah, yeah, as course. a storyteller. Yeah, of course. I mean, I had to take the story and yes, make it into and make my it your own. own. Yeah, that's, of course, something I did like yeah but I, I didn't do it alone I did it with Leah Stryker the director of photography so we I mean we developed like a very strong visual concept and like actually a year before shooting almost so we knew what we were doing the whole time and this uh, concept was probably a bit different than what the author was thinking and you know because we didn't we didn't use like comic element aesthetic but a more we want like a more elevated mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. unrealistic style and so of course I, I made it my my own way but um but some yeah but i'm still what was the questioning about the, well, the, the existential, just that, existential yeah. like that that idea that that, that we are who we are by mm -hmm. i mean you've there's so many metaphors. It's just like free choice. Or not? Free choice, yeah. responsibility, yeah. step, you know, step into it, mm -hmm. step into the future. You know, mm -hmm. this idea that you're hopeful that, yes, it's pretty horrible. There is a, there is mm -hmm. an apocalypse. There's a, there's a good side to the apocalypse that mm -hmm. uh, there's this despair all around us, but we're going to, we're, we're going to step forward anyway. Like the great line is, yeah. and I wrote it down, if you have enough courage for that, mm. you, you might as well try living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if that's not a, an, a statement that, uh, that Jean-Paul Sartre wrote, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure, you know what I mean? Like, that, that, that's amazing to me. I love that, that yeah. that's coming through in a, in, a, in a horror film. Yeah, yeah, I also had this, like, uh, working piece as well, making the film that, they, that we have to, that the protagonists have to embrace chaos. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's a that's a line in the film, isn't it? The, yeah, doesn't the, gar the gardener say, say something about something peace like and chaos? Similar, yeah. In, in chaos, there is peace. Yeah, yeah. And I think, in a way, we cannot like control everything. There's just like some things which are out of our reach, and we have to. I think like we think. Our living strategies because we don't really know what's gonna happen right like if you look at the world leaders of today there are just there's just so much uncertainty going on in so many countries right now and we cannot do that much about it 
Yeah, I mean, we can we can consume the news, I suppose, write the odd letter, maybe maybe get involved politically in some way, I yeah. guess. But it is hard. I mean, I, I do a lot of work in, in advocacy, actually. Mm -hmm. That's how I, I, I make my living and, 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 and come alongside young people as they... Um, you know, sign petitions and, and, and campaigns and so on. And it's really hard mm. to actually measure if you're having any impact, mm -hmm. if you're actually making any kind of change. But yeah. I still think, uh, I'd like to think we still have to do it. I don't, I don't know if the, other, the, the alternative is better. No, no, of course. I mean, we still, we still live in like the free world, but I'm thinking about some countries which are not that far away from Germany where they don't really necessarily have free elections and these leaders have quite an influence also on Germany, you know, because of the proximity and mm -hmm. because of various like trade deals and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, of course we can, we can, we can elect new leaders and we can make petitions, but there's still, there will still be nations where that is not possible and they also influence the way of living and, I think we also, with I mean, maybe I'm straying off topic, but I think also the way that internet influences undemocratic movements in the world uh, is quite, it's very problematic. I love how you um, bring up the fact in the film that the internet has been dead for a couple of yeah. years. Is it through Facebook or Instagram or something like that? Yeah. I haven't I haven't checked my Instagram in two years. I can't yeah. remember what yeah. the, the moment was. But the implications of that, mm -hmm. you know, are pretty profound. Mm -hmm. This thing that we just all have such ready access to and I just couldn't help. I mean, it's, to me it was comical, but at the same time, uh, kind of frightening mm -hmm. that we, we, we live kind of on this precarious, mm -hmm. you know, sort of edge. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Facebook, for instance, we really influence our lives to an extent which maybe in 10 years we'll be able to see exactly what's been going on. I what? mean, we're already now like seeing a lot of stuff. You mean like what are the implications of it? Yeah, yeah sure, how elections sure. are like, influenced then. Right, and what impact has it had on our own lives? I love that we call it social media. I went to see uh, David Fincher's film, The Social Network, mm -hmm. whatever, what, I don't know, what, six years ago, seven yeah. years ago? It's quite old. It's, yeah, yeah, maybe even ten. Yeah. And I, I was in Washington, mm -hmm. went to a theater, and I was by myself, and I couldn't help but laugh. I was the only person in the theater, mm -hmm. and I couldn't help but laugh. Here I am watching this film about the social network that's supposed to be connecting us all and I'm by myself. Yeah. But yes. may maybe that's the metaphor. Why Germany? I mean, maybe that wasn't your decision. That's the book, the writing, mm -hmm. and so on. Two cities left. Anything, mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to communicate there? Or was <laughs> it just... I mean, although I'm Swedish, I, I live in Germany, and I make German films. Mm -hmm. So in many ways, I am German. I mean, they right. right. seen as being German. And Olivia, the screenwriter, is from Jena and lives in Weimar. And the oh, story, I see. Okay. yeah, and I think she came up with this story while being on a train between these two cities, and she was stuck on a train, and the train stopped, and she was just sitting in this train and looking at the fields because it's very like countryside-like and kind of remote place, and she was imagining what if like a horde of zombies came. Now, what would we do? And that was like the starting point of that. That was the, what yeah. would. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. But, I mean, story has yeah. to start somewhere, right? Yeah, but I didn't know these cities. I mean, to me, they were not any... I didn't care about them that much. 
Like it could have been, it could have been any cities. Could could have been anywhere. Yeah, to me personally, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I heard about Weimar, of course, and Goethe and Schiller, but I had no relation to them whatsoever. Well, and I think that's kind of, I mean, as a director, as a storyteller, isn't that what you're hoping that I will? situate myself in the story that this could have been it could um, have been any, Toronto yeah. and Bradford exactly right? it wasn't that important to make like a realistic version of that like right. we're not right. we weren't like concerned about that at all it's just like two German cities yeah I mean, it's actually in eastern Germany which is quite interesting because it's like a less developed part right yeah. right yeah so what what are so I'm, I'm fascinated that you're already starting on, on your next project is mm-hmm. it is it is it an ex- hmm is it linked in any way, would you say, to this? No, I mean, the next project, I, I, it's based on my own screenplay, and I've been working on it for a really long time. Um, we finally got the financing together, and we're shooting in Spain next oh, month. Wow. okay. And it's based on, like, childhood memories of mine. Interesting. Yeah, and it's, it's really quite different. It's, like, two very young protagonists, like a 12-year-old girl and a 15-year-old boy. Um, uh, it's also references like the immigration theme that we have in Europe right now. Right I mean, now, we yeah. have like a lot of mm-hmm. immigrants coming. Sure. Yeah. So it's a comment. Yeah, I guess so. one of the questions I did want to ask you about was uh, and, and, and the the environmental a- aspect mm-hmm. of the film is very strong and really co- and I wanted to say, so are you an environmentalist? I mean, mm-hmm. in, a, in a way, I guess we can't not be environmentalists, mm-hmm. but lots of people aren't. Yeah. So it's really it's fascinating how woven it is into the the, the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not really I'm not more of an environmentalist than anyone else. I think I think I'm worried, but I'm mm. not like mm. a bit. I think it's good we're discussing it, sure. but I'm not sure. like you know going to the North Pole and checking <laughs> like the levels of ice. Right. I mean, I'm not I'm not that engaged. Sure. I'm like most people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then I thought, like, at least I'm gonna like comment on this. Like, I'm gonna make a statement. Make a statement. Yeah. yeah. Well, you 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 do it beautifully. You really do. And it, and what I love about the film, and even in the end, the end narration, sort of of that the reflection on on where we're at and why we're here in this mess, this apocalypse. It's never preachy. You know, which yeah, which is really lovely. That that there are some reasons why we're here, yeah, why we're in this mess, and maybe these are a couple of them. And yet, and and again, folks, I'm not I'm not going to tell you how it ends, but it's it's beautiful and it's hopeful and it's relational. It's you know, hope is to be found in others. You know, that's kind of kind of yeah, yeah. and it's it's really beautiful. so, so yeah, we didn't, I mean, and what we haven't been able to, we're going to have to wrap it up in a couple of minutes, but we didn't talk a lot about the guilt thing. I find that really interesting with, mm-hmm. Renata, with Renata's character mm-hmm. and the sister and that coming back mm-hmm. to that scene over the, the demons that are haunting uh, her and, and, and how do you, how do you really come to terms with that kind of a thing? Maybe that's really the apocalypse. Yeah, right? I think so. The relational apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I think I think the film refers to guilt. I mean, you asked me before if it's collective guilt or yes, individual, yeah, but I, yeah. to be honest, I think it's both. It's both. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but the individual guilt, of course, is more um, like probably personal and relational. Like, yeah. Um, um, 
I think in a way it's um, healthy right. that we feel guilt. Right. Because the problem starts when we don't feel guilt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's probably true. I always yeah. like to think that guilt hopefully leads to conviction and then that's going to lead to some kind of, mm -hmm. I don't know, change or action or something. There's a lot of women in this film. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. And, and it seems like the only men are zombies or dead guys. Um, is that is that is that a fair, is that a fair observation? <laughs> yeah, I mean there there are some men working on the. That's true. Wall, yeah. the, that's right. Yes, yeah. but yes. they're looking kind of sad. They're looking pretty yeah. sad. <laughs> but as are the women. I mean, I must say there are women, women, but not all of them are good. Right. I'm not like trying to paint like a picture of women as being better than anyone yes, else. Yes, there's zombie I really women want in this. To point that out. Yep that they are quite, there are as, um, I mean, yeah, imperfect as any man. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, no, I know, and the reason I asked it, and, and we don't have to get into it any more than that, is it's just something that uh, has been picked up on by the media, mm -hmm. that, that, there, that there seems to be this focus in the film. And, yeah. and, and, and hopefully we've, we've, we've uh, generated enough mystery and curiosity around that that people are going to want to go and see it. Thank you so much for, uh, for, your, for your time today. I really appreciate it. You must be exhausted. <laughs> And again, congratulations and, and welcome to Toronto. How was the, was it the first viewing was last night? Yeah. And how did, how did it go? It was good. Yeah. Uh, people were really sitting very still in their seats. And yeah, really engaged. Engaged. Nice. Yeah. Little, little Q&A afterwards? Yeah, we had a Q&A. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I hope uh, uh, you get out to see it uh, ever after or end seat. Enzite. Enzite, yes. sorry, wrong pronunciation. <laughs> We've been talking with Carolina Helsgard here at uh, the Toronto International Film Festival about her latest film. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.